Today we'll be reading Esther chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. Uh, So you can open your Bibles up to page 781. Esther 5, verses 1 through 8. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall, facing the entrance. When he saw, the queen, when he saw queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her and held out to her the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. Then the king asked, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be given to you. If it pleases the king, replied Esther, let the king, together with Haman, come today to a banquet I have prepared for him. Bring Haman at once, the king said, so that we may do what Esther asks. So the king and Haman went to the banquet. Esther had prepared. As they were drinking wine, the king again asked Esther, Now, what is your petition? It will be given you. And what is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be granted. Esther replied, My petition and my request is this. If the king regards me with favor, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, Let the king and Haman come tomorrow to the banquet I will prepare for them. Then I will answer the king's question. Thus ends our reading of God's infallible word. May the king of the universe find pleasure in all who hear it. Will he accept me? Have you ever questioned your standing before God? You know that that lingering feeling that you just don't measure up. Often, one can struggle in this life to live up to the standards of this world. Maybe it's a parent or a spouse that you feel that you have disappointed in some manner. So you, you hide your flaws and you put on your best face. Or perhaps it is a boss at work that you you aim to please, that you are never sure if if they are happy with your performance. So you continue to stress and fret over your situation, hoping that you are not the next one that will be laid off. You put forth your best effort in the hopes that your good will outweigh your bad. For the most part, you can get away with hiding your flaws and putting forth your good works when it comes to the world. Yet when it comes to God, there is no hiding. All of your blemishes are laid bare. And there is nothing that you can do to avoid this fact. You are naked before a holy God. And you are left wondering, Will he accept me? When we last left off, Haman, the enemy of the Jews, had issued an edict by the king's authority for the annihilation of the Jews. In 11 months, every Jew within the empire was to be slaughtered, young and old, women 
and children. Mordecai, along with many other Jews, donned sackcloth and ashes as they publicly lamented within the city squares. When word reached Queen Esther's ears of what was happening, she sent her messenger to Mordecai to discover why there was such upheaval. Telling her of all that had taken place, Mordecai urged her to go to her husband, King Xerxes, and to beg for his mercy. Esther hesitated, fearful of approaching the king without being summoned. For it was a law of the land that any who approached the king apart from his request would be killed. And she hadn't seen her husband for 30 days. Mordecai then warned her with these words from Esther chapter 4 verse 13. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. Esther had to decide who she would be. Would she play it safe, living the life of the Persian beauty, sitting passively by, while evil plagued the land? Or would she identify with her Jewish roots and risk her own life in order to rescue her people? She sent word back to her cousin, ordering a three-day fast for all of the Jews within Susa. She and her maids would do likewise. So for the next three days, Esther looked to her God, and contemplated the possibility of her death. Which brings us to our passage for today. Esther chapter 5, verse 1. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall, facing the entrance. The three-day fast was now over. Three days of the Jews being under the judgment of death. Three days of the unknown. Esther had no guarantee that her life would be spared. Yet the queen did as she said she would and entered into the king's hall without being summoned. And we can see that she was dressed for the occasion, for she put on her royal robes. You see, coming before the, the king was no small thing. Every detail mattered. To be inappropriately dressed before a king would have caused offense, not just in Persia, but in most cultures throughout the world. Jesus once gave an illustration of such an offense in Matthew chapter 22, verses 11 through 13. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, 
tie him hand and foot, and throw him outside into the darkness, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Though the context of this parable is different from our story for today, the concept of having proper attire before a king, it was already ingrained in Jewish culture. Esther had to appear blameless and set apart as she entered into the throne room. So how did Xerxes respond to the queen's entrance? Look at verse 2. When he saw, the, saw Queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her and held out to her the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. On the third day, Esther was granted life instead of death. In fact, the text says that the, the king was pleased with her. So he extended the gold scepter and the mercy of Xerxes covered over her transgression. In many ways, this image of death being swiftly changed back into life foreshadows the, the turn of events that would soon take place in the deliverance of Israel. All because the king was pleased with Esther. Proverbs 21, verse 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He directs it like a water course wherever he pleases. The reaction from the king may have seemed like that of a loving husband to his wife, yet we know that as husbands go, Xerxes was not a man to emulate. Remember, they had already been married for five years now, so the newness of the romance had to have worn off. And it had been 30 days since he had last seen his wife. These sudden feelings of affection towards Esther, they may have been genuine, but it seems out of character given the details that we know. What we do know is that the Lord directs the heart of the king, steering it in a favorable manner. So while mercy was granted by the hand of Xerxes, God was the one pulling the string of Xerxes' heart. Picture this scene for a moment. A queen robed in royal garments, putting her life in the hand of a king with absolute authority. To do such a thing would have taken tremendous humility. Tremendous courage. Xerxes, he, he could have had her slain immediately. And he would have been just in doing so. Yet instead, he is pleased with her. And holds out his staff of mercy. Instead of judgment, the queen received grace. Is this not your story as well? There is a death sentence upon your head. The sin in your life prevents you from entering God's royal chamber. Yet you are destined to one day go before his throne of judgment. And this holy God sees through any lie or any excuse that you can muster. 
This is why you constantly feel like you don't measure up. Because deep down, you know you are guilty. So you ask yourself, will he accept me? Yet if you have Christ in your life, if you believe that Jesus is God in human flesh, that he died for your sins, and that he rose from the dead three days later, then, just as Esther donned her royal clothing, you will be robed in the righteousness of Christ. God will see you not as that sinful person that you are, but as a spotless lamb. He will see you and be pleased. Just as Xerxes extended that gold scepter to Esther, so too will the Lord extend his mercy towards you. It is not a scepter that he will hold out. Rather, it is a cross of Christ. Let's continue on. Verse 3. Then the king asked, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be given to you. Here we see how much the, the king favored the queen. He desired to fulfill her request. Of course, this saying of up to half the kingdom was a euphemism for the time. It was not meant to be taken literally. It's it's like saying to someone, I'll I'll write you a blank check. Now to us, this seems like it would be the perfect opportunity to begin begging for mercy for her people. I mean, Esther had just been extended the golden scepter and offered up to half the kingdom. But that is not how the game is played. Look at Esther's response in verse 4. If it pleases the king, replied Esther, let the king, together with Haman, come today to a banquet I prepared for him. In the ancient Near East, one never made such a large request Immediately. Instead, they they treated such things like a farmer would a field. The ground must first be plowed and fertilized and seeded and then watered. It was a game of patiently waiting to reap a harvest. When I lived in Thailand, I I witnessed something very similar to this. No one ever directly asked for what they needed. Instead, they they kind of circled and and maneuvered their way around the issue, buttering the person up beforehand. To ask someone directly could be seen as an insult, as if the relationship wasn't really valued. For it communicated that, that they were only interested in what the person could offer and not in the friendship. If Esther were to have asked Right then, it could have been viewed as dishonoring the king. So she presented a small request first. Let the king and Haman come to a banquet that I have prepared. Let's see how Xerxes responded. Verse 5. 
Bring Haman at once, the king said, so that we may do what Esther asks. So the king and Haman went to the banquet Esther had prepared. As they were drinking wine, the king again asked Esther, Now what is your petition? It will be given you. And what is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be granted. Xerxes was no fool. He knew that a banquet was not the end game for Esther. So he and his trusted servant Haman dined with his wife, and as they were drinking their wine, he asked Esther once more for her true purpose. What is it that you are buttering me up for? Again, this, this may seem like the perfect time to plead for mercy. I mean, Xerxes had already shown favor toward the, the queen, and now he had a full stomach. and must have been in a pretty mellow mood after drinking all that wine. And even by Persian standards, Esther would have been safe by now, making that request. Yet listen to her response. Verse 7. Esther replied, My petition and my request is this. If the king regards me with favor, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman come tomorrow to the banquet I will prepare for them. Then I will answer the king's question. Esther was shrewd. She had already followed Persian protocol in preparing a meal and delaying her request. Yet by waiting even longer, she had built up suspense for both the king and for Haman. The curiosity of both men were now peaked. They would, they would have to stew on this for a whole night trying to figure out what her request could possibly be. And as we will see, as we continue on in our series, her tactic would work brilliantly. For the arrogance of Haman would be heightened, causing him to act foolishly. And the king would have a restless night, providing an opportunity for God to intervene. But those stories are for the upcoming weeks. Suffice it to say, Esther was blessed with wisdom from on high on how to approach this situation. The Holy Spirit was directing her steps as she sought to bring rescue to God's people. So let's review. After three days of fasting, Esther dressed in her queenly garments and walked through death's doors in order to rescue her people. She had no assurance that the king would be favorable towards her, yet she was willing to perish for her people. It was on the third day that this king, who held life and death in his hands, demonstrated his grace. Mercy was granted. Life was given to the queen. Hosea chapter 6 verse 2 says this. After two days he will revive us. On the third day he will restore us. That we may live in his presence. It was Christ 
the king of kings who fasted for three days as his body lay in the ground. He literally walked through death's doors to save his people. Yet on the third day, he was revived. Through his death and resurrection, he restored his people. And he has brought restoration to you. You see, Jesus took off his royal robes and placed those righteous garments upon you. He then took up your filthy rags, becoming an offense to the Father. The golden scepter of mercy was not extended towards him. Rather, he was handed the cup of God's wrath. The punishment for your sin was placed upon him. And in return, the, the king's scepter, that is the cross of grace, has been held out for you to touch. Christ calls on you now to trust in him. The cross is his plan of rescue for you. There is no other salvation. Repent of your sin and unbelief and look to that golden scepter. Look to the cross. Then, once you have been robed in the righteousness of Christ, the king of this universe will look favorably towards you. And when you ask yourself, will he accept me? You can cling to the promises in God's word. What are those promises? Let's look at our first scripture reading again. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those who God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is it that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When King Xerxes saw Queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her. He held out the gold scepter that was in his hand. 
when Christ sees his bride, he is pleased with her. And he holds out to her the cross on which his hands were nailed to. Let us pray. Father, we do thank you for the cross. You have extended your mercy to us through your Son. It is only because of Christ's righteousness that that you are pleased with us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who, who guides us in that righteousness. May our actions this week bring glory to your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.